pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, Death Lineup, Episode 2 after the Warriors beat the Denver Nuggets fairly easily, it turns out. If you watched the uh, the first quarter and a half, you wouldn't have thought that, but the Warriors win 126 to 106 by 20. You see a familiar face in uh, Brian there. And then we're bringing on somebody. I, I got to read through this stuff. Okay. One of Mav Carter's first employees. <laughs> Oh, at God. the at the uninterrupted working he also worked at Bleacher Report. He worked for the Athletic producing podcasts like Warriors Plus Minus. And now he works for the Ringer as a podcast manager. Ben Cruz, what's up? Double G, thank you for reading the uh the paid <laughs> list that I sent you earlier today. I, I'm forever in your debt. How, well, going, well the the one thing, the one that I didn't mention, because I, I wanted to talk about it real quick before we get into this game, also produce light years, which is like the most popular Warriors podcast out there. I did, yeah. No, that was that was a ride. That was an adventure. Sam and Andy are the best uh on and off mic i love those guys uh owe them a lot uh and they're, they're probably uh, spotify green rooming or spotify living yeah. right now like uh, the second the game was over they were up oh sam is on top of it man but no those guys are great and it's it, it it was uh it was an honor honestly to be part of light years kind of in its early iterations um but no it's thanks for having me guys this is awesome so the first time i ever uh went back and forth with ben in email was because Sam and Andy came into my office and That's we right. recorded a podcast with them and some of my, my colleagues. And I had like really bad equipment at that time. So I sent Ben the, the, the file and I was like, ah, you know, it's not the greatest, but then they came back the following year. I had better equipment. I shot it off to Ben and I was a little proud. I was like, this sounds okay that you guys can use this. This is a good one. So that's the first, the first time I, I really ever chatted with Ben. And now here we are. We were a part of the uh, the uh, Blue Wire Pod Squad as well, so that's um, right. Yeah, for all our wrestling fans out there <laughs> yeah. who know exactly what we're talking. About. <laughs> okay, so let let's start the show with essentially the talk of when you got off of the game talk of Game One. Tim Kawakami famously created the Hamptons Five, and she'd made a T-shirt about it. 
which I have. And so there was a little bit of pressure on Tim to come up with a new name for this new death lineup that, that we have here with Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. And uh, what do you guys like? Bri, I'll start with you because you sent me one that's actually really good. Uh, and because I'm, I'm, I think this, you know, especially after tonight, we'll, we'll throw some stats here in a second, but the, the, the fivesome Bri, who, what, what is your favorite nickname for the fivesome so far? So I've seen two that are in pretty good contention and it is the, the fast five or just fast five for number one. Number two is PTSD and I'm leaning towards <laughs> fast five because PTSD just completely disregards my guy wigs. Um, but the thing is, I might catch some slack for this, but I've, I've never seen a fast and furious. Movie. Oh my yeah. God. My God. Is, never are you seen sure one. he's your kid? How's is this? Is he really your kid? <laughs> What is happening today? Well, I've never watched this is, one. This is, so you see, you know, I had to go and watch these essentially by myself because these the children of mine who I took to every big time movie up until they could drive themselves, they would not go see Fast and Furious with me. Oh, my God. This is the most shocking revelation <laughs> I've ever experienced listening or recording a podcast. Not one. There's literally not one. I haven't, I haven't I seen any of them. <laughs> There's literally 11 of them. And, oh, man, uh, we've we've got to talk offline because <laughs> I don't know if you can accept the Fast Five nickname for. The no, that's fair. Yeah. If you haven't fair. seen the movie or just any if you would, if you would like skipped five, but you were like, oh, I saw like one, some of three. I'd be like, All right, cool. You've, you're you're indoctrinated enough. None. Oh, I'm man, I'm he... a sucker for I'm a sucker for good alliteration, man. Five, fast <laughs> five, double F. <laughs> I, I think it just flows off the tongue. All right, Ben, what do you think about Fast Five? So naturally, big fan of Fast Five. That's my leader in the clubhouse, uh, strictly because of the Fast and the Furious reference. <laughs> uh, because look, it, it, let, let's let's think about this long term, right? Fast. Let's say they go to the finals. Knock on wood. Let, let's let, no, let, let's take a step back. Western Conference Finals, right? Warrior Suns, you're telling me The Rock isn't making an appearance at Chase Center? <laughs> you're telling me that? I, you, my man showed up at the Super Bowl, right? So he, he's coming to either the Western Conference Finals or the Finals if the Warriors are there and Fast Five has kind of caught some steam. So that, that, one's, that one's up there for me. The other one that I saw on Twitter that um, has really caught on for me, or that was actually tweeted at me, was Death Pool. Pool with that, an E. So that's, it's like what, that's what Cal Kami came up with. Oh, well, yeah, someone must have either stolen it from him and then <laughs> shot it to me. But I, I like that one with the with the little E at the end to a, obviously a nod to uh, to JP himself. But those are the two that I, I'm rocking with so far. Um, and PTSD also good. That's in my top top three. Someone DM to me that uh, and I thought someone was like, I thought it was a, a miss message at first. <laughs> but then once once I clicked it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that actually works, too. So some good ones the, I think the, the, the actual attempting of the naming is just as fun as what we all will, will actually land on. So, yeah, and I'm sure it's coming soon. OK, so Kawakami this morning also came up with death and maxes because everyone's going to be on a max deal. Wow. I, I, I don't like that. It's, it seems a little forced. Uh, but I give him credit because he is not, you know, he's up for the challenge, right? Because everyone expects him to come up with something. And he's, <laughs> uh, Anthony Slater said, nah, don't, don't even ask me. I don't, I don't even care. He's not going to take the time. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> but uh, okay. So 
Uh, I, I'm I'm down with Fast Five. I think Fast Five is perfect. The if be, because of like what Brian said with with nicknames and alliteration and sort of cuteness, the reality of what this lineup is is it's a switch. So the switch is a boring name, but that's literally what it is. It's Steve Kerr goes, okay, we need a run. He snaps his fingers, puts the five in, and then they they're off to the races. What were they when they when they played? Uh, because they, they were only there together in the second quarter, correct? And they went on a giant run. I didn't write it down, but does anyone know what that run was? It, it was something crazy, like eighteen to three or something like that. Like they just took off immediately, and the, I don't know. They they couldn't miss. I, I think it was something like that. It, they took control of the game, though. Like oh, yeah. by that time, you knew it was over, right? It so, ended up. Per Slater, it ended up being uh, a 22 to eight run in okay, five geez. minutes. And at, at one point it was like, they, they were boat racing them like 11 to zero or something. And, and just that really turned the game. Now, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this in a second because this is just like game one. There's not too many negatives you can kind of pull out of this performance. If you're a Warriors fan, I think the one thing that people will go eh, Denver's just not that good. I think now that we've seen these two games, there are some problems with that Denver team. But if you look at the first uh, quarter and a half, I thought they played really well, and the Warriors you know, did not. But then they just hit that switch, and boom, they're off to the races. Okay, so I, I came up with some themes here. I sent them to you guys, uh, and, and we'll talk about them. My first theme of this game. So after game one, I think... You know, Mike Malone is a really good coach. He's also really good with the media. He gave the Warriors a ton of credit, got some credit for his guy, Jokic. Maybe they let a few calls go that, that maybe could have been fouls on Jokic, I mean, against Jokic. Uh, but he did so in a, in, a, in a way where I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm there with him. I completely, that's what you do for your guy. And so I think it worked because in the first quarter, I think Looney, within the first two minutes or something, Looney had two fouls. The only problem that I saw from that is, okay, but if they're going to call this game tighter, they're going to call this game tighter against your team too. And that seemed to frustrate Jokic just as much as anything. He goes out on a three on Steph, I think, or was it on Poole? And he fouls him was on, on pool, the three yeah. on Poole. Yeah. And he he seemed visibly frustrated because he was getting the ticky tack fouls as well, and so uh, th- that 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 point for me was a, a pretty big deal because if the Warriors if Kevon Looney is going to get called for two quick fouls, Jokic has to understand that and go okay, they're calling it tight. I have to also play this a little bit smartly. And I thought he frustrated his his self by getting some fouls that, you know, maybe weren't fouls, but that's kind of what they wanted. The Nuggets wanted a closer called game because it would lean towards their superstar MVP, and it absolutely didn't. Brian, do you have any thoughts on that? So I was just looking at it right now, and on Saturday's game, it was the foul calls at the end were 22 to 22. The foul calls for this game, Nuggets 25, Warriors 20. Yeah, And I know that could be like, I know Kawakami mentioned it on the podcast. Scott Foster is a referee who he doesn't really get intimidated by the crowd. He tries to call a fair game. Um, But I noticed that at least in the last game, it felt like a lot of the Warriors fouls were being forced to like 
they were calling it a lot in the third quarter to maybe even out the foul tally. But in this game, it, they were pretty tight on it early. It looked like it was going to be more of like, I think the main focal point of last game that Kerr mentioned was that, look, Jokic going into game two is not going to get two free throws. It's going to be way more. I think yeah. he ended up with eight tonight. Eight. But even then, like, it still, it didn't feel as close of a game, as close of a, a called game in, in, in the sense of like the referee's perspective. Uh, it didn't seem much different from the last game. But what I will say is it seemed like it was more toward, it was more during like when someone would get momentum versus just calling it to even it out. So I didn't, I just, I just didn't see much. That's going to be my, one of my main themes. This talking about this specific uh, game is because I didn't think there was that much different. And I had said uh, last podcast that I was interested to see what Malone would do because I think he's a great coach. I thought he would adjust correctly. And I did notice small adjustments. It just didn't matter at the end of it. So we'll see. Who, who's the second best player in this game for, or, or you know, in against the Warriors for Denver, like it, like not even like looking at stats because you know we we talked about Will Barton had that big first game, but like when you're you're just watching like who matters out there on the court. I know um, uh, there were some late threes uh, by the 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 guard. I forget I forget the guard's name. Uh, Bryn, uh, what is his oh, name? Oh, Forbes. 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 Yeah. He he made some late threes and 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 at that time I was like, oh well, maybe he's gonna get a little bit more opportunity. My guy Bones Highland was you could you saw him affect some stuff but he you know the, he wasn't going to to be a difference maker Aaron Gordon again not a factor Austin Rivers I know he got hurt there a little bit but he he they left him open on a couple threes uh Boogie uh, again pretty much a non-factor so I'm not even sure like it's Jokic who's working his rear end off to to try and you know, and keep his team in there. But I, I, I'm, I don't even know who I would consider the second best player in their current lineup. I noticed Monty Morris a little more this game than I did last game. That was, that was really it, though. All right, Ben, any thoughts on uh, how the tempo of the oh, game he- changed with, uh, you know, the, the early fouls and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, to your point of, you know, Malone after game one kind of calling out the fact that Jokic wasn't getting a kind whistle, if you will, you know, and, and doing it in, in a not so in a way where he didn't get fined. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that's that's the card, one of the only cards that he can play in terms of adjustment, right? Because if the Nuggets find a way to slow down this game, that's their only hope of being the Warriors. Yes. Because then Jokic can do his Jokic thing, pick them apart in the half court and he's very, very capable of doing that. Like we saw him do that in the regular season. Um, and there are certain plays. I mean, the amount of wide open threes, the Warriors were giving up to start this game was embarrassing. <laughs> right. And just like, that's that, that's the recipe for this team losing a game or two to, to the nuggets. Um, and, and Jokic kind of exposed that in the beginning, but once again, once Kerr kind of flipped that switch to insert name lineup <laughs> yeah um it, you know the warriors were literally off and running and, and the nuggets couldn't slow it down anymore so i mean th- that's really their only hope because i mean to your point second best player outside of Jokic. i mean based on shot total it's will barton i mean obviously he had a really good game uh in, in game one really solid in game two 15 shots Jokic had 20 Barton had 15 and from there is a steep drop off, right? Yeah. So it's, it's clearly him. He's the only other guy who can give the warriors any sort of issues. And even then he's a complimentary piece at best, right? Like when Jamal Murray's out there, when MPJ is out there, that's when Will Barton, 
you know, Jamichael Green, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, Monty Morris, that's when these guys are really, really dangerous. But when they're you're counting on them to be that guy, the second guy to Jokic, that's a kind of a recipe for disaster. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The uh, my, my second point is really about composure. And who on the team kind of sets the tone for the tempo of the team? And it's usually the best player, the leader, the league MVP. Jokic, I thought, he had an interesting energy. Uh, you saw Draymond after game one just go, oh, you know, he's probably going to give me 40 and 15 and 15 in game two. And he was kind of like joking about it, knowing that he was going to he was going to be mad at, after game one and, and possibly come out strong. The energy that he came out with, I thought was uh, maybe too. I, I, if I was a Denver Nuggets fan, I was trying to think of how I wanted to see him come out. I wanted to see him come out with a little bit more fire. I know he's not generally a, a fiery guy like that, but he had the opportunity, especially when they went out for that lead, to really change the tempo and change the game. And by the time that the the switch happened and that lineup came in, he was so frustrated that I thought his attitude kind of soured the team a little bit. You saw... I think it was uh, it was Monty Morris gave up a, a backdoor cut, and he threw the basketball and got teed up. Uh, Jokic is screaming at the referees, and I was like looking for like maybe small things that Draymond would have done to cause him to get upset. And Draymond's mostly playing him straight up, but he's just in his chest. And then you saw the thing happen with Will Barton and, and Boogie Cousins, and then by the time Jokic gets run. I felt like this dude just doesn't want to be on the court anymore. He was a minus 26 on the court and they only lost by 20. So the team, you know, from a plus minus standpoint was better with him uh, off. Now that doesn't really mean anything. Of course you, they, they would have lost by way more if he wasn't actually playing the way that stat is, is kind of goofy, but like I was really disappointed in how he handled the crowd, how he handled the Warriors taking the lead, how he there was a, a couple of opportunities for him to really attack Draymond. And it was almost like he's like, well, I got two dribbles in and, and Draymond's holding his own. So I'm going to, you know, maybe try and shoot over him rather than give him a couple moves and, and try and get fouled. I just thought 
I was just like, man, you know, for this guy's the league MVP. And if I was a Nuggets fan, I'd be pretty disappointed in, in him with them really needing him to be the best Jokic ever. But look, he's got Draymond on the other side. And I thought Draymond played such an awesome defensive Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Brian, did, what did you get out of Jokic's game today? Um, I, I kind of think Jokic is thinking exactly what Ben said, which is this team. Yeah. When you have Michael Porter Jr. And Jamal Murray, we can talk contender status. Honestly, like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that next year, but this team is relying on a Will Barton, a Aaron Gordon, a Monty Morris to be your second guy. I think, I think Jokic is, is well aware of that. Maybe he's trying to not think in that direction. Obviously it's the playoffs, but I, I think deep down he knows that. So I just think that the Warriors are playing great defense again. It was something I was looking forward to to seeing, and then they did it again. Um, early in the game, Draymond, I think they had they had Looney on Jokic. They only doubled Jokic when he got like extremely into the paint. Yeah, and late, Jokic, all late doubles, all super late doubles, and then Jokic finds the guy a couple threes. But I kind of noticed it. I think when it was like cause for concern more was I think it was either. Second quarter or third quarter, Jokic uh, gets a wide open pass to a cutting Aaron Gordon, tips off his hands, out of bounds, warrior ball. That's when I saw Jokic just like completely um, start to start to break down like that. And I think it's mixed with fatigue. I think it's mixed with his playing. Like he, there's no way he's going to go out there and blame it on his teammates. Like he knows he could have been better too. But then again, there's not much more I think he could do. So I don't know. He can make it, some threes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's definitely that's definitely a point right there. But um, but so could everybody. They they shot poorly today after that first quarter. Like Ben said, you know, Warriors are giving up open threes, and from that point on, uh, they they shot really poorly from three. But uh, so so Ben, here's a here's a memory for you. Brian was only seven years old when this happened. So yeah, or maybe six, uh, I think. So he he wouldn't have watched this or remembered it. But the We Believe team, which is like right in your wheelhouse of Warriors fandom. Yeah. As you're growing up, they played Dirk and the Dallas Mavericks, and Dallas was uh, 67 and 15 that year. The Warriors were barely over 500. It's a 1 8, it's a short series. MVP and Dirk. MVP Dirk. Yeah. And Dirk's frustration in that series, I thought, keyed the tempo uh, for that team. Like, you know, late doubles, Warriors were getting away with being physical. Referees were calling it, and that the uh, you saw Oracle go nuts when the Warriors would take a lead, like that building's exploding, and Dirk is like in 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 the moment not able to figure it out, not able to calm his team, not able to change the tempo of the game, and Jokic's energy really reminded me of Dirk's energy. Now the Warriors are the better team in this series, and the Mavericks were in that series by far, so. Dirk's frustration was also the fact that they were a heavy favorite to get to the finals, but attacking the way that they're attacking did remind me a little bit about that. We uh, of that. We believe team. Yeah. I mean, looking back at that team, it was, it was kind of the same situation as this in that, you know, Dirk was the best player in that series, right? Again, MVP season, Jokic probably going to win MVP again this season. Uh, obviously Jokic unfortunately has significantly less help, um, in, in this series than Dirk did in that one. But, you know, I mean, the way that they're attacking and, and the We Believe team did not have a defender of Draymond's caliber, right? Like Stackjack was fine. He, he played Dirk great in that series. Um, but 
I think that's the only difference here with those two is that Draymond is is otherworldly, right? Like he can shut. He's li- he's literally shutting down arguably the best player in the league right now, one on one, and it, it, it's incredible to watch. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's Jokic. I almost understand his his frustration though, because again, man, he's probably thinking too. Like again, a Jamal Murray, an MPJ, even one of them, right? Let, let's let's forget the fact that both of them are, are not playing in this series. Even one of them makes this series entirely different, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm sure that's just as frustrating. Um, and you know, he doesn't want to go down as another MVP who gets bounced in the first round. Like people, like you know. Those, those are like the Russell Westbrooks, <laughs> the Dirk Nowitzkis um, of, of that, you know, that we believe year who kind of like get lost in the shuffle. So it's probably just this whole um, it's, it's this bigger picture that, you know, we're not really looking at right now, but we're obviously we're looking at him kind of in this moment and in this series. So Anthony Slater tweeted that Jokic has needed 45 shots to get his 51 points and the Warriors are plus 45 in Jokic's minutes in this series and really you know there had there's a responsibility of him as as the best player to simply play better and they i think they expect him to mm-hmm. uh and the warriors have done like you said Draymond's done just about as good of a job to to guard him and plus like Brian was talking about those late doubles that seem to bother him a little bit more than they bothered him early in the game uh he was he was having to shoot over guys. He, he, when he went to the, he got close to the foul line and he made some, some nice little jumpers, but anything extended, uh, if there was any, uh, any physicality and he did not make the shot, he seemed to be really frustrated. So they've done a great job. I expect him to bounce back. I think we're going to get a Jokic game in game three. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it will be enough. I think, but I do think game three will be a little bit closer. I think the game will be called, you know, a little bit different as well. We, we talked about this in game one. That That's the one thing that you cannot predict is how closely is the game going to be called? Stan Van uh, Van Gundy was talking about how, uh, was it Stan? Or, or it may have been on a podcast that I was listening to, but basically the, the adjustment, the team, it, it was Stan. He was saying in game one, the players, all they want is consistency. Like if, if the fouls are going to be called a little tighter, fine if the game's going to be called a little looser fine but just keep that consistency so i know how i can play and how i can defend uh, to the, to the best of my ability so i think i think we're going to see some interesting things in game 3 and, and mike malone has to right like he's got to try something because what they have done so far has not worked so i expect what whatever whatever they have as their switch we got to see it in uh, in in game 3 uh, okay last point for me uh, is the spacing and the cutting and the Warriors' offense and the passing was out of this world. Now, Jordan Poole had some flashy assists, and he got away with a couple. There's a couple that he threw that could have been picked off, but for whatever reason, they weren't. And he was, you know, he was highlight film uh, with some of those passes. But Steph and Clay and Draymond and their ability to know where each other is going before they even get there was tremendous. And pool was fitting in very well. Like I, like there were opportunities for him to kind of do the over dribble stutter slip slide. And he didn't really do it that much tonight. They didn't need him to, but he very much wanted to exist and to excel within the offense. 
uh, Wiggs, you know, Wiggs sort of kind of disappears sometimes, but I was looking at his box. Wiggs was the second best on the Warriors in plus minus today. He had 13 points, eight rebounds, two assists, uh, two of three from three point land, one of three from the free throw line. Uh, but he was a plus 24. Like he, like if you were to ask me like who, you know, I would have guessed Draymond was the the best next best plus minus to Steph, who was a plus thirty two. Dear God, uh, but yeah, even even Wiggs, you know, he 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 is the fifth guy in that lineup, but he still produces with those guys because he understands how to play basketball. Um, but uh, Bry, any thoughts on the offense and what they were doing tonight? Um, it, I mean, it just reminds me of the dynasty days, even though we're not completely f- removed from that, like when that 2015 to 2019, I mean, they go to an all-star game and Giannis is literally telling Steph that what you guys are doing out there looks fun. Like that mm-hmm. looks fun to me, the type of basketball you're playing. This is the type of basketball he was talking about. Everyone is they're they're, they're moving with momentum. Everyone's getting shots up. They're going in the crowd's going crazy. They're all the, the bench is going crazy. Like it just looks fun to be out there. And I, I like when it seems like they are like, like I think Jordan Poole kind of got stuck shot clock winding down. And then you could just get bailed out because the Warriors are good at just like cutting to the rim. He gets that really nice behind the back pass. I think it was Bielitsa like that stuff. Just they are just so good as a team, just recognizing stuff like that. Those little things. Ben, I, I follow up with this. Is Steph back? Oh yeah. Did he ever leave? <laughs> I mean, I mean I, how about this? Let's just keep bringing him off the bench. He's, he's clearly <laughs> thriving in this role. This might be his new this just might be his new role for the rest of his career. You know what I mean? Like Jordan Poole has taken that that mantle. He's now the the starting point guard. And let's just bring Steph off the bench. Let's just I think it just freaks the other team out. Like what do you do? Like the greatest shoot of all times coming off the bench. No, I mean, he's, he's absolutely back. I mean, at, at some point they're going to deploy whatever this lineup is called as the starting unit. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, knock on wood that they continue to make it, uh, you know, or advance in the, in the playoffs, but against the Grizzlies or Timberwolves, my God, in, in that second round, you know, you're not, you're not going to mess around with, with these loony minutes. Um, you know, you can bring him in to kind of spell Draymond, but you gotta. That's going to be the starting lineup at some point. Uh, and I mean, Steph, like, when Steph's going like, how I know Steph is back is when he's again when he's dancing, <laughs> right? Because like when he's when he's a little worried, he's worried about his injuries or he's not really feeling it. He's not really in the, he's not really dancing. He danced like three times. Today. <laughs> um, and again, it's it's always that off rhythm, uh, <laughs> strange off rhythm dancing that he like. He, deploys yeah but uh that's how you know he's really back and plus, again like you said plus 32 tonight uh, five threes. And, and that kind of that kind of goes towards what my earlier point was your your leader or the best player in your team the team sort of follows that tempo follows that energy and steph's energy was great Jokic's energy was not great and you could tell based on based on the score of, of that game uh okay so let's uh let, let's quickly Talk about the one thing we really loved about this game uh, and the one thing that hmm, maybe a little thing that we should look out for. And, you know, for a team who is, uh, you know, pretty much boat raced Denver twice, not not a whole lot to be negative about. But let's start with the positives. Bri, what is your one positive thing that, that you really liked about this game? Um, 
I liked I liked Steph's stat line and I liked watching Steph. I mean, I like watching him last game, but his stat line stat line was more of a, a pretty stat line in my opinion today. So that was awesome. Um there's just so there's so many good things, it's hard to just pick out one thing. But I think I think I like I like that they're not overusing this um, fast five lineup yet. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people on Twitter are like, why don't they just do it like for a long time? And I, I think it's you don't want to show all of your cards, maybe even though we've shown this lineup and what they could do. Let's not let's not push the team to like a 30 or 40 point lead. Let, let's let's keep it. Let, let's keep them on the floor together for like six minutes in total. I'm OK with that. It seems like they're doing well by doing that. It doesn't seem like they need to play that lineup for more. And I think Ben's right. We're going to see this lineup uh, starting at one point. And I, I'm interested to see what series that ends up uh, being for. So a dislike, though, I don't have a dislike. I don't want to nitpick again. But maybe go looking at game three, it's in it's in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe instead of a dislike, like the tiniest worry is probably the consistency of the fouls. You know, the, the, the Denver home crowd could that's the advantage of, of playing at home is maybe your crowd kind of either gets your momentum going or, or they can react a certain way to a referee's call. So I would just be the tiniest bit worried on consistency for game three. Any worries about the Denver air? There's always oh, yeah. that. But, the, but I don't know, like the, the Nuggets are the team that looks pretty tired right now, but they're also going to be a little bit more used to, uh, to there. Uh, so uh, Draymond uh, was asked about you know Steph being back in the starting lineup and he's like yeah but ultimately Jordan is going to have to start too and then he said Steve can figure that one out <laughs> Draymond of course um all right Ben w- what's uh, one thing that uh, you really liked and then one thing that you either disliked or you're slightly worried about uh the one thing i liked tonight specifically was clay uh, and, and- that's been him the last couple of weeks, but specifically tonight, he seemed like the clay of old in that he wasn't forcing it, right? He took the shots that are given to him and which are mostly wide open threes. Um, and, and look, he, three for eight from three tonight, um, and, but still 21 points plus 13. Uh, it just seemed like a typical clay game, like during that dynastic run, this is what he would do, right? He was just always the third option, the third scorer, and Strangely enough, you know, is that again with Poole? I think kind of <laughs> jumping him in that pecking order a little yeah. bit. But again, the, the fact that he's not forcing, because r- right when he came back early on, a lot, a lot of dribbling for Clay, a little too much dribbling yep. uh, for <laughs> for my taste. And now he's just he's he's finding his spots, and, and you know everyone is finding him in his spots, which are equating to some great shots. And the other thing I liked about it, he led the team in minutes tonight. 36 oh, wow. minutes 36 minutes for a That's dude big. who hasn't who didn't play basketball for two years because of two devastating <laughs> leg injuries and now he's leading the team in minutes in the playoffs in a high intensity game like that's that's huge. I, I I can't even believe he got the 36. I don't know. Kerr's magic number is usually like 33, 30 when you know they're they're up big. So Kerr's probably gonna circle that as the uh, as what something he didn't like. But uh, you know, I, I digress. The one thing I didn't like from this game is the fact that Andre Iguodala did not play. Uh little little neck injury, a little concerning. Um, and I've had my theories about Andre all year. Uh, in terms of, it, it's it's a completely un, 
I have no evidence to back this up. I have this theory that he came back to the Warriors and is uh, for the minimum because they told him that he didn't have to play that much. <laughs> like, be like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, I tweak this, I tweak this. But now, like obviously, you know, the way that they describe this injury and that he he tweaked his neck. Yeah, uh, neck like, he was, he, Yeah, he was like he was ready to play today. A uh, little concerning. He's just a, a really, really important stabilizing force and. You know, obviously tonight uh, and, you know, for this series, hopefully, maybe they don't need him as much, but they're going to need his, you know, his stability if and when they kind of move forward here in the playoffs. So that's yep. that's probably the biggest red flag for me. 100%. Um, I mean, we, you know, we, we talked this much. The, the one thing to like is Steph had... 34 points in only 22 minutes. <laughs> That's efficient. That's crazy, man. So efficient. Crazy, man. Five of seven from the three. And then he goes out and misses uh, two free throws. I'm sorry, five of ten from three and misses two free throws. Um, okay, so we win all this way. I, I got to give it up. Our boy, Jordan Poole. Again, credit to GSW Reddit for the Photoshop. I don't know if he did the Photoshop, but he certainly posted it. Um Pool party, Jordan Poole, he had – talk about efficient as well. He was also 5 of 10 from 3. So he and Steph, both 5 of 10. 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, throw in 5 boards, and then 8 assists. So he's the second leading rebounder on the team, and then he's the leading assist man on the team, and he's the second leading scorer on the team. Uh at some point, people are going to stop talking about him as if this is a surprise and that it's expected. Now, I think we're going to see if, you know, what happens when teams start game planning Jordan Poole. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen because can you game plan Jordan Poole if you're game planning Steph and you're game planning Clay? I don't know how teams are going to attack that, but I would imagine Jordan Poole is going to see a little bit more attention as the Warriors go on, you know, this stuff to close this thing out, but Phoenix, Memphis, teams like that, uh, who can match up better. I don't think Jordan Poole's going to be this wide open and this uh, slick and wiggly uh, as he is uh, against Denver, but for what they're doing, it's been tremendous. So that's my, that's my main, like my main, uh, my second, just a quick one. I just want to shout out uh, Bielitsa, five of six from, uh, from the field. 10 points and uh he he had the kind of the worst plus minus uh uh of p- someone who played more than 11 minutes but i like seeing him shoot with confidence he was getting to the hole he was driving with confidence he was the recipient of some nice little passes because he made the right cut uh he, we pick on him a lot but uh we got to shout him out when he has a good game okay the one thing that i would say i'm a little worried about or uh, that that I didn't necessarily like. I think the start of this game was so rough in that if this was Phoenix or if this was Memphis, uh, maybe even Dallas, if Luca's playing, that lead could have got up to the 20s and the Warriors would have been the one on the other side of that. Thankfully, Denver couldn't capitalize and then they hit the switch and and they turned that game around. But I, there there were moments, I think they were down like 11 or something in that second quarter. And where I was watching it going like, huh, I, I know they're, I know they have some runs in them, but against the better team, 
that 11 might have been 20 pretty quickly by the way they were playing defense. The uh, the, o- the only other small thing is uh can someone go find Otto Porter's three-point shot? Like it just disappeared. One of four again today, some wide open ones cuz he is also the recipient of being wide open uh, at the end of the shot clock cuz they're closing out on all the shooters and he's just like wide open. I would love to see him knock some down because when he knocks down threes that that team is so excited for him uh, to do that. Uh, okay. So last couple things here. Uh, the one big sort of question that I had for the beginning of this series and Ben has already talked about it, which is can the warriors and the elder statesmen of these, of this team stay healthy. And unfortunately for uh, Andre Iguodala, he was the first one to miss a game. So that's one. Now, Steph, only played 22 minutes. Uh, Clay, I thought Clay was late, was laboring a little bit. And then all of a sudden he hit like three, three pointers. I was like, okay, it was just, I, he just looked like he was, you know, a little slow, but um, Andre missing. I think that's going to be a thing. If it continues, like that, that could be something to hurt them, but otherwise we just have to wait and see. All right, Bri, your segment here. It is time for Kaminga watch 2020. <laughs> Yeah, um, Kaminga, four minutes and 46 seconds, <laughs> one steal, <laughs> uh, two turnovers, minus three. I know he stepped on the stepped on the baseline when he got trapped. Yeah, he was so one. frustrated. I saw his I saw his face. He was so frustrated. Um, I don't know if that's if it's because he's not getting run. I, I could assume. But I mean, just keep your head up, man. Don't show that frustration. Your time will come. So the the Ben this this segment of the show the Kuminga Watch comes from during the season. Uh, Brian posed to me. Oh, we're probably halfway through, or a little bit more than halfway through, and he said, "How can you not think Kuminga is going to be going to not be part of the playoff rotation?" And I was like counting all the guys. I was like, "Well, if they're healthy, he's like ninth or tenth, and right. a lot of times the ninth or tenth guys don't don't play in the playoffs." And so Brian's thought was they're going to have to find opportunities for him to play because he just does things that no one else on the team does, which I completely agree. But also Steve likes to play vets and he likes to play guys who make smart plays. They may not get out there on a dunk like Kuminga, but uh, so we're we're tracking it here. We're tracking it. Denver, uh, for whatever reason, he hasn't gotten much run. And and maybe, you know, the Warriors are up 3-0 and I'm not saying that's going to happen because I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm not that fan. It's like, oh, Denver's crap. Like, we, we're going into Denver. Denver can very much come back in, in a game three. Absolutely. But maybe, you know, if Denver continues to collapse, maybe he does get a, a few minutes there just because, you know, if, if somebody gets hurt, you know, which we thought with Andre today, who's going to be the recipient of those minutes? Maybe it's Kaminga. It wasn't really Kaminga. It was like, uh, GP3 will play a little bit more, and that was kind of it. Um but I yeah. think this segment is more just trying to make me eat my words and that I lost the argument we <laughs> no, had mid-season. It's not it. It's not it at all. You love Kuminga. I love Kuminga. I bought a bunch of Kuminga cards at the beginning of this season. I want him to play too. I'm just very interested to see how Kerr plays this thing. And it's 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 more or less like if he gets in the game, it's fun because he's the youngest guy on the team and he's going to be the future of this organization. 
along with uh, maybe a, a Jordan Poole. So I, I I'm I want to see him get in there too. I just Steve, I could see him, you know, just just the way that he is, making sure that you know we we have to play this perfect game before we can put this rookie in. Uh, okay, so last things here before we get out. So next game is Thursday. It is a 7.30 start, so another late one. I wasn't even planning to be here. I was actually supposed to be in Tucson where uh, Brian's grandparents live and where Brian went to school, but my wife got a sinus infection, and so she's been in bed for the last two days, so we're still in, in, uh, in the Bay Area. If she feels better tomorrow, we may leave on Wednesday and, and drive out there, and then I won't be available for a Thursday's game. But if we don't get to go, I'll, I'll be here. And if Brian's around or, or anybody's around, we'll do, we'll do another show. But uh, 7.30 in Denver, and I expect uh, Denver to come with their best shot. All right, last little bit here. I know you guys have been keeping track of these other series. We saw Boston and the Nets with an all-time classic game one. We were talking about how I was just rooting for KD. I'm not a big Kyrie fan, but I'm a big KD fan. And I was just like, man, my guy, he, he was in no man's land when Jason Tatum back cutting him to the rim <laughs> to, to score that layup at the, at the buzzer there. Uh, that, but that's a good series. I expect you kind of feel like, like the Nets have to win game two uh, or, or else uh, it, it may be, it may be pretty tough to win four in uh, four in five, I guess it would be. Um, any thoughts on on that game, the 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 Boston and Nets game for either of you? Um, I I I actually I think Boston's going to win five. I think that's I think I I I told uh, my buddy Alex, who's on a podcast I do with him, he's a big Nets fan. And after the Nets won the play-in against Cleveland, I think he was a uh, I think Bill Simmons or I don't know if this is a universal term, but called him like a like a homer right if, if mm-hmm. you, you root for your home team a little mm-hmm. too much he was like oh nets in the finals i'll oh, get ready to see the bucks the celtics are going to be easy so i think i i as a as an nba fan who's been watching the season a lot i think the celtics are going to win but as someone who wants to um hate on my friend's favorite team i also want them to do it quickly <laughs> um i think the the thing though that i really liked from the nba was to put today's dallas um, and Utah game on NBA TV. <laughs> NBA TV. I was not going to watch that game. <laughs> um, you could argue that you could argue that Toronto and Philly should have been there, but you could argue it. But game three, we're going to have a no vax Matisse Thibel not playing, so that oh, could be a man. little more interesting of a game. And to well, he got half Memphis, vax. He's he's half vax. Yeah, half. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got, he got the first shot. Yeah, even weirder. But yeah, why? why yeah, just, why get yeah. one and not the other? But Memphis, um, Minnesota, I think is on NBA TV tomorrow. Is that correct? Two small markets. So, like, come on, no, that's gonna be the interesting. I, I mean, phase. that's probably why, right? Just two yeah. small markets. Yeah. But if they if they continue to have really good games, they'll they'll get bumped up. But it's just uh, who who's on? Because um, are the games on TNT again tomorrow, or are they in ESPN? I, I didn't check. I just I just heard about this NBA TV Memphis Minnesota, and it just I was not prepared to hear that. Um. The so tomorrow. We have uh, actually I TNT have the, games. I have TNT the schedule. Games. I have the schedule, but it doesn't say what network. So Grizzlies and Timberwolves at five thirty hour time. Pelicans and Suns at seven, and then the game before that is Hawks 
and Heat. So uh, like the yeah. only game I want to see is the 530 game. <laughs> but those other two games are probably not. Races. Do you not have NBA TV? I don't think so. It's oh, just going to be another NBA Reddit stream. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, anything else? Uh, was there anything in the Sunday games? Phoenix is a bad team, man. They looked, I know that I know that the game was probably a little bit closer than it should have been, but they bottled Ingram, who uh, I, I really like as a player. Uh, but they're 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 a really good team. We saw the the Christmas game. We know the Warriors match up well, so I think if, if we could get there, I think that's that's probably the the best series in all the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, Minnesota, Memphis, that's something to keep an eye on. And you know, big ups to Dallas because they did what they needed to do, which is win one in Utah and hope that their guy is better. Because if Luca, if they play fifty fifty, and Luca is is there for at least the last three games. I think they win that series, but man, that's, that's a big question mark. Cause he was doubtful today. He wasn't even questionable. So he was doubtful with that, with that calf thing. I think Dallas makes um, the sun sweat a little more too. So I, I hope that happens. If, if Luca's back. Yeah. Utah has no business. They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like I like, I like Jalen Brunson. I think he's really, really good. The fact that he dropped 40, on you tonight <laughs> is like Quinn Snyder needs to just light up his team because the jazz on paper are a very, very good team, right? I mean, probably the person who should have won defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell is, is a stud. Their team just top to bottom is actually really, really good. It, it, it baffles me. And I, I still can't figure it out why every playoffs they just always put it seems so that their ceiling just always becomes very, very apparent really, really <laughs> early. Right. And they, they just do it to themselves. Um, and again, a Mavless or a Lucaless Mavs team should have been food for Utah. Yep. Like they should have, they should have blown the blown them out and won two games. Should, yep. Right. They should be up two well right now and going home, looking at, looking at a sweep and the fact, again, I like Jalen Brunson. But the fact that the if you look, I think the headline on I think it was the BR app or ESPN is like Jalen Brunson and Maxi Kleber go off for Mavericks. Like, come <laughs> on, man, what are we? <laughs> like, if you if you polled a bunch of you know just random NBA fans who like who who don't watch the game that closely, there's no way anyone's naming Maxi Kleber, right? Yeah. If you're like, name me a Dallas Maverick. It's like Luca, and then maybe Boban. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It's, it's going to be a long time before you get to Jalen Brunson and Maxi Kleber. So the Jazz have got to figure some stuff out. Um, and and again, they should be ashamed of themselves. But they don't deserve to win this series. All right, before we get out of here, there's one other person that we kind of have to give love to because Ben and I were both early Warriors World guys. Did you do some podcasting with Sheed or did you do some writing for Sheed? I did, I did both. So if you... Uh, you got to go back in the deep archives, but I did some writing for them. And then the first ever Warriors World podcast episode is me and J-Ram. Nice. So you got to dig, though. Brian, Brian's dig. a J-Ram fan. Brian likes J-Ram. I'm a full squad my guy, guy, man. That's my guy, man. That's my guy. I've, I've met J-Ram a few different times. Uh, he's, uh, uh, he, he, he's just the grind, right? Like, he's just grinded his way into into his stuff. I, I Dude, David, very much David, respect that. 
David Lee made him famous. And he, t- <laughs> he took it and he ran with it. Full that was squad. my first Warriors World shirt. Was the full squad yeah. shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah full squad. I, I think everyone that was. I, I got it. We got to double check with She, but that's probably got to be one of his best sellers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's. I'll never forget that clip. Like as long as I live, just the full squad thing, and then David Lee looking for Jordan <laughs> in the scrum. He was like, "I'm gonna make eye contact with this dude." Oh, there he is. Uh, and like, oh, it was it was such an epic, epic moment. So shout out J-Ram. Yeah, shout out J-Ram. Shout out Sheed. That's also the first time I met uh, Ethan Strauss was at a Warriors World Party in Oakland at, uh, what was that? Lake place? Chalet? Lake Chalet. The, of course. The, 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 the that, classic venue there. for all Warriors World yeah. parties. Yeah. <laughs> Steinmetz. I met Steinmetz at one of those parties. Yep. Um, yeah. Always. Oh, right. Uh, used to pop in. Our, was, uh, our, our buddy, uh, our buddy Miles. Uh, I, I've hung out with Miles oh, a few yeah. times at, Miles at those parties. There, Bayshon. Oh yeah. man, we're just we're just reeling off all the names of Warriors Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she she deserves a lot of credit for key, like just doing the community stuff that that he does. It's, Absolutely. It's been, yeah, I've I've told him in the past. You know, he he's kind of shy about about that whole stuff. But tremendous ability to to create community and to bring people together and look at you know I, I know ethan was you know writing warriors world stuff before going to espn and the athletic um mm-hmm. so opportunity you know to 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 get on uh, was awesome uh but yeah that 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 that's a good place to end it because those are some good times and some good memories and good place to meet some good people so thank you ben for hanging out with us uh i know you were you were even working right before uh right before you jumped on with us <laughs> Uh, Bry again, uh, hanging out and, you know, we'll figure out if we're going to do something for episode three or not. Bry, Bry almost has as many podcasts as I do. It's kind of crazy between the two of us. We have every like time so I many l- podcasts. every time I fire up Instagram or TikTok, it's just Brian <laughs> on my feet. I'm like, dude, dude just take a break, man. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think it was cause of the, he, he got some reps at Vover. That's why he, 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 he got the he Vover reps. Shout out, shout out to shout out to Vover, shout out to Brian for carrying us uh, in those Two early days, videos, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that's day. vintage at this point. All day. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, we'll be back. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, after Game Three. If I'm in town, I definitely want to do something. But uh, yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks, Brian. I'm Double GC. When we see you, peace. Thanks, out. guys. Peace. <laughs>